This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back with another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast. And as promised last week, we will be talking about all things transfers, rumours and everything else to do with the recruitment at the moment. I will also be giving Stephen five questions about this season. So no pressure and don't embarrass yourself on this show, Stephen. I think I do that quite frequently, so I'm not too worried. Well, first of all, Stephen, I want to I want to quickly go off topic and talk about your Twitter over the weekend about how much you love playoffs. So just just tell me how how many tweets did you put out? I don't even know. It, it must have been about about ten per game, or at least five at least five per game. The ones that I was watching anyway. And I just it's just one of the most incredible things. I've been listening to a lot of the EFL podcasts recently as well, and everyone just talks about how brilliant they are. Like they are the best invention in football, pretty much. Like it's just non-stop drama, and it's just I, I wouldn't be upset if we were involved in some in a playoff game or two playoff games next year or even three. I, I don't know if I can accept that quite yet. I, I don't think I'm over York, Wimbledon, Blackpool. I'm still not over them, and that's what going back eight to ten years now. The way I see it is there was there was too much pressure on those games. Now, if we got into if we got into the playoffs next season like Barnsley did there wouldn't be any pressure we'd be going out going to whatever away day we get if we obviously if that happens hypothetically and we're just having a massive party it'd just be a massive party for me and I think that's the way other Luton fans would see it it'd just be go out there sing our bloody hearts out show show everyone the Luton are pretty much back and and it'd just be a brilliant time, no matter whether we win or lose. I know there'll be a lot of angry Luton fans if we lost. They'd be like, oh, this is horrible. It's the worst Luton team I've ever seen in my life. And 
there's always a few, but I reckon it'd just be absolutely brilliant. And there'd be nothing to be upset about if we lost, really. That's it. Yeah, similar to yeah what Barnsley have done this season. Now that they're not in the final, people still reflect on how brilliant of a season it is. People are still saying they are the biggest success story in the championship and in the entire football league, really. So, yeah, if we were to get anywhere near the playoffs next year, that would be, again, quite a fairy tale story. I would say in the Football League, it's probably a bit of an overstatement because you've got the likes of Cambridge getting promoted, Morecambe in the playoff final, you know, but yeah. <laughs> I think with Morecambe and Newport, would it be the first time that any of them get beyond fourth tier? Get beyond. I believe tier? so. I know that Morecambe, it would be, I think they're the longest serving team in one league since 2008 or nine or something. So... They'd be breaking a record with that. And I think they would be like the highest both of those teams have got. But I don't know everything about them. So, <laughs> no, really say. no. Well, we'll get on to the transfer sort of saga that's been going on recently because it's been quite been a lot going on in terms of the transfer rumours, deals that we've done, the retained list that we've been begging for, really. But we'll go back to the start of it all and that was James Collins and Matty Pearson heading for Cardiff and Huddersfield respectively so are we too upset that they've gone do we thank them for being excellent servants and move on and see this as an opportunity to build a new era well I've had a very hectic week and even hearing that James Collins has gone it's still a bit of a shock to me I feel a bit like you with your concussion last week it feels like I have to be told it a few times every now and again, just because it it does feel very weird that he's off. And I'm not I'm not I'm not horribly upset. I love him. He was brilliant and I think we can say thank you for your service and have a good time wherever else you're going. Just don't do just don't do well against us. Because they've they've done they've come in, done their job. I don't think Collins was that happy near the end of the season. I know my my aunt will say that it's all Nathan Jones's fault and that that Collins has left and she'll never be able to forgive him. She said that after uh, Jake Howell's left as well. <laughs> but um I think I think he didn't he didn't seem the happiest. He was professional, did his job, but I reckon he was starting to get the feeling that he needed to to push himself at a different different team. And he's, you know, left and gone to do that. And Matty Pearson as well, moving back up north. That's just a thing for, you know, personal reasons, I should I should think. I think there was a bit about it that was said that he's, you know, he has done it to go back close to home. So I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and be upset about it. I'm I'm happy that they both came in, were with us for one of the best times of this club, you know, that we've had in recent times and yeah, I'm, I just wish them well for the future. Because with Collins in particular, I, I personally think that he's going to Cardiff to do what he will be, what he would have done at Luton, which is sit on the bench, maybe get the odd start, but he'll probably be doing it with double his wages. Why wouldn't you want to do that, though? Exactly. That, that's <laughs> probably why he's, he's done it, which is, is but- no real... If he if shot. he goes into that squad and starts scoring, he's got 
as as annoying as it is to say, he's got more of a claim to be a starting name on that Ireland team sheet. He's got, you know, maybe if he if he does get called up frequently, he's probably got two or three more years in him to try and help Ireland to a to a competition or at least do well for them and become one of their better strikers, you know, since for, for a while anyway. And doing doing well at Cardiff would mean that he's he might even be, you know, able to ask for a pay rise even in a year's time or two years' time. So I think it's just a for him, if I was him, it's a no-brainer, really. Uh, as we said, why wouldn't you want to go and earn double your wage? And I I reckon they will play a different style of football. They play a different style of football to us, and I think they will utilise him better than what Jones was doing, which is not only to say that Jones was doing wrong. It was just... The way of football sometimes and I think what we were doing we we were starting to try and build around Adebayo and I think that's what this window is going to be about also so I don't think he would have been in the plans all the time but I still think if things went wrong with Adebayo if there was an injury if he was not in the best of form then he would be the man that would step up Exactly. And I reckon we're going to see someone else. Obviously, we're going to see someone else come in and hopefully be able to step up as well. Um, yeah, I, I, as I said, like, I'm, I'm just not too upset with it, really. And yeah. like, I think it's, I think it's obviously like if I was him as well, watching the club sort of start to build around Adebayo and the fans start to sort of turn to Adebayo for big goals it's if I was him again I, I can't blame him now a, a word about Matty Pearson because he's played a lot more than we probably would have thought this season but again I think he stepped up to the challenge there's still bits to his game that we're not too keen on but ultimately he played a lot of games this season in a defence that improved massively well and we imagine he'll be going to play regular first-team football at Huddersfield, who have struggled big time this season to keep a clean sheet. I, yeah, I think with that, like, as I said, it's, it's good for him personally. And I think, it was, obviously, it was surprising to see him start so much because I think he he's sort of someone that I've seen and a lot of Luton, other Luton fans have seen as a bit of a liability sometimes. He is so good at making tackles, so good at, being that hard-hitting man at the back. But he is prone to mistakes, as as everyone is, but sometimes it would just feel a little bit more that he would do it. And I reckon it's a... I mean, this is a testament to how good we've become. Pearson is a brilliant signing for Huddersfield. Obviously, their defence, it makes sense, and it's a brilliant signing. And... Well, not historically, but recently it would be a bit funny to say that Pearson's a brilliant signing for them, but I think it is. And I think for us, it's we're going forwards without like we, we need to move forwards. And I think we're going to get someone in that is at Pearson's level and can grow. I think Pearson was at his level. And why not go and earn maybe a higher wage with Huddersfield? And why not be a a more trusted player in the Huddersfield team than what he probably was for Luton. Because I think with Huddersfield as well, why it 
I can imagine it working there for him is the fact that they do play three at the back. And I think from this season, when we've gone to a uh, sort of a three at the back, he's looked a lot more comfortable than when he's part of just him and Bradley. So I think it's logical in that respect. And also, as you say, close to the family and we imagine a better wage. So it's a, a move that we definitely could see coming maybe yeah. or somewhere else, but we did, we did expect him to go back up North. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you to him and Collins because like they, they have just been brilliant. There's, there's been nothing to say that they haven't been brilliant. They've been absolutely wonderful players for us. And I sound like a bit of a, a club spokesperson at this point, but I just, I'm just, I can't sit here and be upset with it. And I'm, I'm just, they've done so well for us and we can't do anything apart from thank them. Definitely. And moving on, we also had during that week, rumours of George Moncur and Sonny Bradley leaving. George Moncur was linked with a move to Hull City, whilst Bradley has been, well, he'd been rumoured since January really to go to Preston. And then it recently emerged that Ipswich Town were after him. Both clubs, again, probably offer better money. But as it ends up, Bradley signs, extends his contract, so does Potts, and we're all happy. Are we? I don't know. Am I happy that Potts has signed? I was going to say, yeah, maybe shot. not Potts, because <laughs> you've got this, got this agenda. It's not an agenda. I just, I believe that he's League One quality, really. Maybe, maybe okay championship quality, but like, He's a sort of player that I could see like playing for Wigan or playing for your, you know, Boltons or something like a bigger club in the in League One, even even Sunderland. And I think with his his um, track record of injuries, it's it's a gamble to keep him on. But he does the job most of the time. So. I'm not going to say I'm upset about that either. I'm I'm just I believe we probably could have done better, but. It looks as if he might be playing behind the new guy on your dinner, but or wherever on your dinner plays. Because I, I still don't know. Is he is he a wing back or a left back or a winger? It's difficult to know. I always thought he was a forward. He was a striker that converted into more of a winger. So I always uh, thought he was a left back. So, but I, I think at Wickham they've played him as a wing back because they've probably tried this three at the back kind of thing that everybody in the championship seems to do these days and Sean yeah. there from what it sounds like and it I don't know if that will be his role with us but as we see we, we've seen Jordan Clark step into those roles we've seen Nate okay. Smith go into sort of a wing back role as well so yeah I imagine we'll see him play in, a, in multiple positions really yeah and back to Bradley, I'm I'm happy that he signed another contract. Again, I think if we had a better pulling power for clubs, I think it could have been quite easy to let him go and get the likes of Carter Vickers back because his contract's up at, at Spurs this summer, I think. Um, Jack Watmore, we've been rumoured with as well. Um, the the centre-back from Portsmouth and... I think we could have moved forward on that front, but at the same time, the championship's bloody hard and it's going to be another long season, as it always is. And if we can sign one of those players or another centre-back and have Bradley there, that's that's someone for 
for someone to to sort of mentor these players and help them become better players. And I think Bradley is as much as I say we could move forward a little bit from him, it's kind of a no-brainer to have him in the squad because he he's sort of a bit of like an Alan Sheehan now, really. An older, more experienced head, probably more more balanced and is captain as well. So it's it's sort of a no-brainer to keep him on. And it's funny that Ipswich were so confident they were going to get him. And there was lots of uh, screenshots, apparently, of Luton yes. fans. Uh, <laughs> whereas we've now got the screenshots of them showing themselves up a little bit. Yeah, which I'm sure will continue to circle social media. But we'll go on to Monker because he is another one that has been linked with a championship move this, this time to Hull, which... I don't want to see happen. I think what Monker brings to our squad, what he brings when he starts and when he comes off the bench is brilliant. He's got energy. He's got the ability to take on a man. He's obviously, we've seen a few brilliant goals over over his duration at Luton Town so far. So he is a player for me that I'd like to see stay at Luton Town, but I don't think we can promise him first-team football all the time. No, but the way he spoke about the club with his interview with um, Owen the Town, I think it was, and the way he speaks in interviews as well, like he loves being here. And it's, I think maybe for him, it's a bit of, if someone offers him first-team football, is he going to go there and actually enjoy himself or love it? And he knows that he knows that we love him as well. Like there might be some people that like me that think he might not be the best quality for the league or for our squad. But as you said, he brings some some brilliant qualities when he does come on the pitch and the goals that he does score, they are important goals. And if we can afford him, if we can keep him happy, then I don't see why he should leave. I, I think we should keep him. But I've said before that I think it goes back to moving forward. I think we can move forward by letting him go and getting someone in, but at the same time, they might not be able to provide the sort of goals that Monker's popped up with. And he's done it consistently for two years now. So it's it's one of those ones where it's kind of hard to replace that sort of calibre of, I guess, big game player. I think with Monker as well, I think he's got quite a young family, so it, is, it would take a big commitment to go somewhere like Hull, which is a very long way up north, yeah. and it would take a generous deal in terms of wages from Hull to probably tempt him away from his set life that is in Bedfordshire. Exactly, and I think that's the thing. They'd have to offer him a good amount of money, or maybe a League One club would offer him a good amount of money, and maybe not be too far away and be able to offer him first-team football. Yeah, and we'll, we'll move on to what happened, I think it was Tuesday, which was the funds that our, our own fans used in terms of uh, season tickets, not choosing to get the money back from season tickets, which is a very generous thing in itself helped to buy our first player of the 2021-22 season, which was Fred Onyedemma from Wickham. 
a player that didn't get the best goodbye from Wickham's social pages. Um, I don't know why, but it was one sentence from the club website, which was very, very odd. I know they're not our biggest fans, but what he's done for their club, he's, he's done brilliantly. And at the end of the day, he hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah, he's not done anything wrong. And he's, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't understand that. But I think um, sometimes everyone can be a little bit salty about a player leaving. But, oh, well, their their losses are gain. And if they, if they want to be, if their website wants to be salty about it, then they can be. But it's, it's a, I think it's a brilliant signing for us. And I think we might have touched on it when there was rumoured to have been a deal rejected by Wickham at the start of or at the end of the January transfer window and I think it's a it's a brilliant addition to the team definitely yeah he's he seems to have it all we were discussing beforehand about where he actually plays because Wickham fans have been telling us via social media that he should be used as a left wing back I always thought he was a winger sort of striker during his time well, his early time at Wickham and at Millwall, but he seems to have that versatility that Nathan Jones likes. He's got power, pace, the ability to, the ability, sorry, to take on a man. And he's athletic. He's played 43 plus games this season, and he's also played 222 appearances in his, you know, I guess fairly long time as a player. He's been playing for about and years. It was with Bill as a 17-year-old and was playing well for them. And Jones said they wanted athletic players. A player that's just played 43 games plus of a relegation fight with Wickham. And I reckon he's probably one of the more athletic players for the style of football they play. He's chipped him with a load of goals and this it's, it suits the sort of player that we want. Someone that's not as highly rated as others and not not on the radar of thousands of other teams. It's a, a proper Luton signing, and he, I think, I think the best thing about him, really, not the best thing, but like one of my favorite things is just looking that he's he's played forty three games a season in the championship, which is what we need. A player that can consistently play, and he chips in with goals. He he plays. First, you know, his first hole on that left hand side of the pitch, and that helps Naismith out, that helps Potts out, that helps Loire Loire out if he joins back on. So I just yeah, I'm 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 very happy about signing. I think coming from the board as well, it seems that this summer is going to be quite a big one. I think I read something. Yeah, the way the way sweet. they're talking about it is, just, is very like, from, the, from the transfer from the transfer club, it, it they might like I do worry they might be talking it up a little bit, but at the same time, they're not the ones to talk up something that isn't worth being talked up about. Yeah, yeah which so is, I, it's, it's promising to see. And at the same time, it's something that we we don't tip, we never really spend too much, do we? And I can't see us no. actually spending too much, but I think we'll, again, navigate the free market very well. Will and use the loan market very well, and exactly. that's all we can really ask for. And that's a that's a a big thing as well because we've been rumoured a lot recently with uh, 
players that are out of contract and it seems to be there's a lot of players that are out of contract that we're being you know rumored with which is a good thing because we also don't have the spending power of other clubs but we we've got that yeah, pool, we, we though, have... don't we? we've got that pool that the success of the great escape the success of nathan jones coming back the success of the top half finish this this year that would surely impress sort of the management of premier league clubs that are looking to send out their young talent on loan yeah exactly and obviously keenan Drewsbury hall is the is the biggest one of that as well um luke bolton and james Bree last season as well they were obviously good good ones obviously james Bree ended up signing for us and luke bolton ended up going up to scotland and not exactly taking a step a big step forward but it shows that we can be trusted with with uh with loan players and it's something that i hope all clubs that we may do deals with can can think about where do we need to strengthen next year Stephen? because there are still a few positions that i feel like if we went into the season now i'd be a little bit wary of center back first of all pearson's left we now need well we now need someone to replace him and we need someone to come in as cover as well because I was saying this back in February, March time, that we we are weak at the back. We are weak, weak in centre-back anyway, because we've got Glenn Ray there, but he's not as trustworthy as other players playing centre-back. Nate Smith does a better job, which is saying something, because he's not a, you know, he's not, he's not an out-and-out centre-back. But I think the centre-back is the, is the first place to start, because it was sort of, John Steele's philosophy that if we're not conceding, then we're doing well. Like we can we can build from that and to to strengthen ourselves at the back is is the most important thing. And then we can start moving forward. I do agree I think, with that, but at the same time, we're gonna have five players. Three of them are your out and out centre backs, but five players that can play in that position in Lockyer, Bradley. Osho, who are your three main ones? And then you've got yes, I do forget about Osho. Yeah, yeah. So that's so what maybe I maybe it is. That's the priority. I I still think an attacking sort of an attacking left back. And I know on your dimmer can play as a wing back, but when we play a four, which I imagine we will play more often than not, we need an out and out left back. A Norrington Davies kind of type. Last, well, I, th- I think that's where. Jones probably sees him playing. I, if we were playing a four, because I don't think that we we're, we're actually weak in that position anymore with Onyedima signing because we've now got Onyedima, Potts, Naismith, that can all play left back, and that's that's a good selection of players. Yeah, I think I just don't if, think. If we, I just don't. And if think. we if we keep Monker on and we keep Luar on. Then there's absolutely no reason to sort of strengthen and left back because on your dim sort of position will be pushed back, I guess, because I think Loire Loire and Moncur can be trusted a little bit more. I think it's a case of I think on your dim is going to come in as a player like Jordan Clark, where he can can do that right wing back role, but he ultimately is a winger. I don't think he can step into a left-back role 
with players like sort of the right wingers in the league. Imagine, I know they probably won't play next year, but um, Andre, are you? Could you imagine somebody like on your dim were stepping into that role? I know we haven't seen. I don't much think. Of I don't think anyone can stop. Are you? That's why he's so good because no Nation. one in the league can stop him. Cal well, he's yeah. did a brilliant job. Exactly, but you know what I mean. He's he just consistently does the job no matter who it's against, and that's why Swansea are in the playoff final now. He's he's you know I I, I understand your uh, your example, but I you know I, I'd say IU is unstoppable really in in most games anyway, and I think. I do, I do see what you mean about Onya Dimmer maybe not being good enough for that, but at the same time, I think his pace and his athleticism is probably what would make him suitable for that position. That's that's how I see it. I'm trying to think of how Nathan Jones might play him, and if we are playing three at the back or if we are playing with our wing-backs, Stacey wasn't a, a right-back when we signed him. He was a right-winger. He played right-wing for, for Exeter. And point. then he played. Point. Then he played right back for us, and it was absolutely brilliant. So that's that's the way I personally see him, and I, that's the way I think that Jones sees him. But you may be right. I guess we'll find out, won't we? And we'll move on yeah. to the centre mids because I think that's another area that we obviously need to strengthen because of Dewsbury Hall and the void that he'll obviously leave. Hey, he's. He may come back. There's, I'm holding on to that hope because there's just a few things that are happening that I'm that are, that are keeping me hopeful. Well, they did, didn't they? Leicester did sign. Well, I forgot what his name. Samore, 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 something like that. Twenty-five million pound centre mid. I thought, I thought it was rumoured. I, th- I didn't oh. think it. I didn't. Oh, it could be. I could be um, talking low bollocks there. But if he does go, that is a good there's, sign, I guess, for us. Yeah, there's a an agreement being made but then I've also just seen that Yuri Tielemans is is being rumoured to sign for Liverpool so that might obviously change it all up a bit but if if they are sign if Leicester do sign this attacking midfielder and keep everyone else what what reason do they have to keep Kinn and Jewsbury Hall? Let's just send him back on loan or we can sign him, we can just buy him from them. The thing with Leicester is that they typically do welcome in their youngsters more than most other clubs. We've seen it with Luke Thomas this year. We've seen it with Harvey Barnes in the past. We've seen it obviously with James Justin. I know he came through our academy, but he's still a young player that's progressed through. He's, what, 22, 23? And he's, he's emerged as one of the best fullbacks in the Premier League and they've got a track record without Leicester. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just I'm just clutching straws at this point. Um I'm just remaining hopeful. I'm not gonna be upset if he doesn't come back, but I'm just praying that that something can happen that that makes it, you know, maybe maybe we'd be able to sign him cheap because they've signed a new player, but that's just as I say clutching at straws. That's it. Yeah, we got to be hopeful. I, I, fans. I do agree. I do agree that we need to we need to strengthen the midfield, um, attacking midfield wise, and obviously you know midfielders that can move forward. With if Penny doesn't sign as well, because we're still waiting on him. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, we know. But 
I think that is something where we need to strengthen, definitely. I'll give you two names that we've been rumoured with. Scott Twine has been a pretty long time, I think, from early January, maybe even before that. And I think Carl it was Dempsey. last summer we were rumoured. Could it be? Well, yeah, it could have even been last summer. And Carl Dempsey of Gillingham, who I don't think is as attacking, but from the reviews I've read, he looks like a very good possibility. And just one more I remembered is the Motherwell. I don't know if it was captain yes. or uh, Alan Campbell, which is another player that seems more defensive, but at the same time, another player could, that could allow the likes of Pelly and Berry, if he's still got a future at the club, to play more advanced. Yeah. Yeah. Either one of those, I'd definitely be happy signing and that could be good. But then, thinking, talk about midfield. I'm now thinking, holding midfield where we can. Because we've got Ray. Who else have we got? We've got not a Craney anymore. Who else have we got? Like, there's no one really. And I think that's a that's a position we have relied on a lot in recent years. Thinking about, you know, Alan McCormack and other players that have been hard hitting holding midfielders. Ray is good, but he does get found out quite often. Did you say Craney there? Did you say yeah, Craney? He's not left, has he? Yeah, he has. Really? Yeah, ages ago. You sure? Yeah. I'm not I'm not dreaming this. I thought he, his contract's supposed to expire and that. Um I thought he, he'd be the one well one that we'd release. Oh, maybe maybe I am wrong then. Because I'm pretty sure he's still at the club. I, I might be, I might be was... wrong as well. I thought you said that he was leaving, though. Could very well be. It was said. Maybe it was rumored. Oh, maybe it was on that. It was on one of those tweets that um, rumored about our retained list. I think that's what it was. And they and it and this was like three, four weeks ago as well, something like that, or two weeks ago. Um, I think it was saying all the players that we'd retained and all the players that were that were leaving, which was like Monker and Craney and all that on that list. I think that's what I'm thinking of. So I think I am a bit wrong there, but yeah. Well, we'll go on to the last position that I personally think we need to strengthen up in, and that is a striker. Now Collins has left. And as I said before, I think we're building on Adebayo. I think what he's done so far is enough to suggest that he is the future of Luton Town, and for many years, we hope. But I think we need a fast player a quick nimble player to play off him yeah and the jack marriott type is what i wanted to say he's somebody maybe not jack marriott himself but he's a kind of player that i could see thriving off adebayo yeah i think that, i think i've said that's this before maybe not on the podcast but with other people that we we do need someone a bit smaller, faster, maybe more of a poacher sort of player, like, as you said, Jack Marriott. Um, I reckon his wage would probably be a little bit too high for us now. Um, but someone like him, I can't think of many players that are like him that are available, so it might be a very hard thing to do, but I reckon we are a little bit weak there, unless unless somehow Elliot Lee shows in training that he's he's ready for championship football now. Which I, I, 
personally, I don't believe he would be, but it's it's somewhere where we do need to to strengthen as well, definitely. But it's so hard to to strengthen perfectly, which uh, you know every club knows, every fan knows that it's just something that is not possible to do everything that you need to do in a transfer window. So I do worry a little bit that that might be a position where we try to strengthen and fail in the end. Okay, Stephen, we're going to now move on to the most anticipated part of this episode, and that is going to be the five questions about this 2020-21 season. The first question I'm going to hit you up with is, who recorded the most league assists this season in the Luton Town shirt? Iconic. And how many? Eleven. It was Harry Cornick, but it was just seven. Just picked. Uh, yeah, I was, I was going to say seven or eleven, but I knew I knew it was Harry Cornick. You knew it ended with Evan. Yeah. And then the second question is: We beat four teams home and away this season. Who were they? Bristol City. Yes. Wickham. Yes. Preston. Yes. And uh, who's the last one? Uh, Barnsley. We've no lost to him at home. Oh Beat yeah, away, lost to him at home. Oh. I'll give you. I'll give you one clue. Adebayo. Um, huh? Adebayo. That that could help you out. Oh, well. Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. done. And hey, I got I got the first three pretty is, easy. Though. That was very good. Yeah, that was very good. And I told you I thought these might catch you out but you've you've done well so far right we'll go on to the third one we lost just a single game at home to a team in the bottom 12 who was that team oh god um oh god nottingham forest no we drew them didn't we yeah yeah oh this is this is the one that's cut you know, catch me out. Uh, who was in the bottom 12? We actually had a really good record against teams in the bottom 12. I know. In, in I remember. Even, even oh. lower. Who went down? Who went down again? You can no, think, think that, that, that won't help you. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I I don't know. I can't I'll remember. Give you a clue of that they only near the end of the season did they dip into the bottom half. They were having an okay season. I don't know. I really don't. I can't remember. With Stoke. Stoke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is quite weird to think that they did actually drop down after how well yeah. they're doing. They were up there with sort of middles for pushing for the playoffs for the majority of the season, mm. but just tailed off at exactly. the end. And we finished above them, which was great to see. And the next one, Stephen, is how many of those famous 1-0 away wins did we record this season? Oh, it was something like nine. It was in fact seven. Oh, again, seven. Seven. Seven's the magic number in this quiz. But yeah, yeah. That, 
It was a thing at the start of the season, wasn't it, where we won one yeah. every single one of our away wins at the start of the season was one nil until we beat Wickham three one. Yeah. And then the last question, Stephen, we lost both times around against four teams without scoring in any of those games. Who were they? Brentford? Yes. Uh, did I say Stoke? Yes. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, Swansea? Yep, one more. We beat Norwich. We scored against Norwich. Um, playoff. We scored against Millwall. I don't think I'm going to get the last one. I'm trying to think of a clue that will help you. Um, we had an awful way day there. Oh, oh Reading. No. No. Oh. Reading, we scored in the 98, 90th minute, and then we, we scored in the home fixture as well. Thinking of awful away days is like Derby, um, Stoke, uh, Bristol City away, Reading away. The score was 4 0 if that helps you out. I've always said Brentford, haven't you? Yeah. Um, 4 0. God, who was that against? I, can't, I really can't remember now. My, <laughs> mind's, my mind's gone blank on it. Mine plays tricks on you, don't it? When... Yeah, you'll have, to, you'll have to tell me because I don't know. Last one was another Welsh side, Cardiff. Oh, Car- that's it, Cardiff. Of course it was. Yeah, beat us 4-0 Three away. Welsh teams. And 2-0 at home, which was the game that Lockyer got injured, which yeah, done without that happening, but we still, we start, still done well this season. Exactly. Well, that is just about all we've got time for today thank you very much everybody for listening and make sure to check out our website which is www.oakroadhatter.com and also make sure to check out our twitter which is also oak road hatter away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.